Greetings in our Lord's name this morning. It's good to be with you. It hasn't been so long since I was here the last last time because our schedules go in six months at a time. So sometimes we get almost at the end of the six months and then the first part of the next six months. So it puts us closer together. <clears throat> but anyway, it's good to be with you. I was praying about a message and seemed like it was slow in coming this week, um, but I was actually laying in bed and I was thinking about, and this verse came to me, uh, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. And I guess my thoughts went to what is all these things? Um, and so I got to exploring it, and I just want to think about that today, and also thinking about, I've entitled the message, Getting Organization of Our Disarrayed Mind. Sometimes we get busy, and we begin to feel overwhelmed with the busyness of our lives, and I, I don't think... Uh, Maybe that it's all necessary, but, and so we get, at least I would, get unorganized in my mind how to do everything. So I want to read in Matthew chapter 6, uh, 19, verse 19 through 34. And I thought I'd give you some homework in reading verses 1 through 18 at some other time and meditating on that. But I'm going to begin to read at verse 19. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth where wrath, moth, and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through, nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, the whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be dark, darkness, how great is that darkness. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, nor... Yet for your body, what ye shall put on, is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow neither, not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit to his stature? And why take ye thought of raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, and they toil not, neither do they spin. 
And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which to today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall not shall he not much more clothe ye, O ye of little faith? Wherefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for your for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. A psychiatrist in 2006 by the name of Edward Howell published a book entitled Crazy Busy, Overstretched, Overbooked, and About to Snap. In the book, Howell talks about realizing how busy his life was when he was at a vacation house and became angry at the rotary phone. Now, some of you know what a rotary phone is, and some of you don't, maybe. They were very young ones. But he became angry because he couldn't use his cell phone, and he was irritated he had to wait on the dial to go back to zero again because it took too long. Well, maybe that's how we feel. We can realize uh, most of us can relate somewhat to maybe his title of the book. And if we're honest, our lives have become very busy sometimes. If you talk to people, they often say, if you ask them how they are, busy, and we are um, way too busy sometimes. Every morning brings a new set of things that we need to do, and we think ahead, and if we don't have a list, we might make a mental list in our mind of what we need to do, and we sort of go through those things. Now, they can change at any moment. Sometimes you get up and you think you know what you're going to do that day, and it becomes very apparent that you're not going to do that that day. All kinds of other things come up, and all of a sudden you're doing something you had no intentions to do that day or knew that you were going to. Has your life, my life, become cluttered in the things that we do on a daily basis? Uh, have we committed ourselves to so many things uh, that nothing really gets the attention that it should? Um, we have families, some of us, and it's entirely possible that our job suffers. Our family might suffer, our children might suffer, and of course, dangerous of all is that our relationship with God might suffer. And I think that's the concern I would have this morning that our life becomes so cluttered with things, and I'd like to think about a few things that might make it easier or might would help unclutter our life. Um, 
Here in Matthew chapter 6, that familiar verse that's almost at the end, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you, uh, became apparent to me that that should be our, our most focus. Uh, that's where our focus should be. When we read the, the verses leading up to that, we find that Jesus was talking about the cares of life, the worries of life, the demands of life, and he said, give it to him. He'll take care of that. Uh, and so I think about helping our lives get uncluttered, maybe if we would get focused on making a priority uh, in this verse would help us to leave the rest up to God. Looking again at our text, the Lord says here, but seek. And I'd like to stop there. Uh, that seek, that word seek is uncertain affinity, uh, undivided, to seek specifically toward a goal, a desire, endeavor, um, and added in there to worship God. And maybe in a bad sense, not that we plot against people, but it, in a bad sense, it would be to plot against somebody. And we can all think about the fact that if we plot against somebody or we've read or seen things that people plotted against and it, 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 they put all their energy into that. And this seek is, well, it reminded me of the verse that says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul. Um, put everything within you to, toward that, that goal to seek. Uh, first, the kingdom of God. <clears throat> we will not accomplish that with little or no effort. It won't happen. Secondly, we notice the verse first. It is translated from the Greek word that has two meanings. The first meaning is a sense of order. Um, the idea of something being numbered, making a list of things which you might do uh, at times to get an order of how you're going to do things in an order. And that's the idea that it gives. And it puts this first up at the top of the list, the first one. It also um, might say someone is the best or the the first in their class. It's sort of that idea, the top of the list. Both of the meanings of this is uh, what the Lord was saying in the verse to teach us that the kingdom of God is to be priority in our life. There would be other things in our life, but nothing is important as seeking first the kingdom of God. Um, his rule is to be priority that guides our life. 
I want you to notice a couple of things about this priority that Jesus uh, sets forth in verse 33. Um, the activity, notice first of all, that if the kingdom of God is priority in our life, it will direct the activity of our life. If the kingdom of God is priority in our life, then everything that we do, absolutely everything in our life, will be to enhance the kingdom of God. Uh, for example, all of us have jobs of something, and we do things, and being a priority would be using that job for the for the furtherance of the kingdom. Yes, we work for people and we need to get that work done. But everything we do, in other words, what I'm saying is we don't separate and come to church Sunday like we're doing today, and then Monday, it's work. And we don't think about our Christian life or our building the kingdom in that Yes, I think we should use absolutely everything that we do for the furtherance of the kingdom. Whenever we have opportunities to talk for the master, we do. I was uh, recently, I had a, a man at the shop and uh, he picked up a weed eater that I had fixed and he began to sort of dribble around and I didn't think about it until afterwards, and he was nervous, and then all of a sudden he just blurted out, are you a Christian? And of course I affirmed that I was, and then we could have, a, uh, we were on somewhat of the same level, we could talk about Christianity and church and things in the Christian life, but I find it interesting that it was hard for him to really just come out and ask, are you a Christian? But he was making that a part of his life wherever he was, and it was important to him. And if we make it a priority of our life, we will use those opportunities to do those things. We will not be bashful in speaking for the Lord where we can. Priority in that, too, is we use the money that we get in our jobs and we discussed a lot of things about money today in our Sunday school but it provides a way to give to those people to give to the kingdom of God nowhere in scripture do I find that we should hoard up money or um, you know gather up a lot of monetary assets in our lives and I'm not against having a savings account and looking toward the future of, of some things that will be needs or could be needs later on in our life or for the present. I think it's wise to look ahead. But the scriptures do tell us, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth where moth and rust doth corrupt uh, or where thieves break through and steal. But lay up treasures for yourself in heaven 
where neither of those things do corrupt. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be. And I think it's often that way that we end up where our treasure really is. And that, you know, you could think of that is our treasure really God and our life? Or is it the treasure that we have built up our little kingdom on earth? Uh, if the treasure is in my heart, that's what's going to come out. So if the kingdom of God is the treasure of your heart, then that's going to come out. You can often hear in people's talking, whatever they do, whether they're siding with money is important to them uh, or anything else in life. Whatever's important in their life usually comes out uh, in a conversation when you're with them. And I guess... That's why it's important for us to have a priority in the kingdom of God. If that's in our heart, then that's what's going to come out. Another way we can use our uh, job is just to spread the gospel uh, with co-workers. Uh, the principle is when the kingdom of God is first in your life, then everything we do in life relates to Christ, his, his filling of his spirit in our life, and his position as king in our life, king of the things that we do. Likewise, when the, when the kingdom of God is a priority in our life, we will do nothing that distracts or interferes uh, with that kingdom. There probably won't be any debating whether we go to church, Marion, and I never talk about are we going to go to church today or not. Uh, it's a known thing. Yes, we're going to go to church or if we're going to. It's not a debate. Or whether you go to the ball field, and I, I have ball field there. It could be a ton of other things too, and I'll let God speak to your heart where those things are. Um, our money is something that we use to give in, in the kingdom of God through church, through uh, the avenues that we know are good. And I don't think that your superintendent or whoever will have to beg you to, to be a part of the church teaching classes, doing things for the kingdom of God. So... Uh, we need to make that a priority in our life. <clears throat> Secondly, it will also dictate the attitude of our life. And we, we look around and we see the attitudes of people. Um, we can often sense uh, good or bad attitudes in people too. I was recently I had a lady come to the shop and she she was sort of quite a trip uh, just bouncy in her talk and stuff and um, it was interesting to listen to her because you know life was meaningful to her I think um, she was not depressed with the cares of life or COVID-19 or anything. 
life seemed to be going on and she was looking forward to maybe going back to driving her school bus in Avermore County. So our attitude comes through to people about the kingdom of God, what we believe about the kingdom of God, what we feel about the kingdom of God. Um, Jesus said here, uh, the kingdom of God, I believe very simply that the kingdom of God is, a, is the life which God's uh, will and God's word is supreme and sole authority of our life. Uh, Luke 17, 20 and 21 says, and when, he, and when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, the kingdom of God cometh not with observation. Neither shall they say, lo here or lo there, for lo, for behold, the kingdom of God is within you. And I had to think of the encounter that he had with the woman at the well too where he spoke about uh, worshiping is what he was talking about there is the worship was going to be in your heart. It's going to be within you. Uh, you won't have to necessarily go to the temple but this worship will be a part of your life inside of you. Living in the United States we don't really get the feel of uh, manarchy or, or a kingdom uh, that is in absolute control of our life. Seems like we may face some of that things where they want more and more control, but we don't really live in that. And so what they instruct, that's what we do. Um, that's how it would be in that kind of uh, uh, life in a, where a kingdom is there. Uh, we do what they say. We live in a kingdom. This kingdom within us is a kingdom that is to accept Christ as our absolute authority and to serve him with no hesitation no negotiation uh, over the will of God. We will obey his word. We will not debate or delay, but we will move forward with what God wants us to do. The old Puritan Richard Baxter understood the rules of the kingdom of God. Many years ago he wrote, Lord, it belongs not to my care whether I die or live. To love and serve thee is my share, and this thy grace must give. Christ leads me through no darker rooms than he went through before. He that to God's kingdom comes must enter by the door. I think the, the clutter of our life can be eliminated by seeking first the kingdom of God. <clears throat> Making that a priority in our life that will guide us into all the truth that we know from scripture. 
Verse 33 also says, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We notice the word righteousness. It's translated from the word that literally means rightness and character. The word simply speaks of being right and who you are and what you do, being real, I guess we would say. We're not hiding anything. That is really what it is, and it should be his righteousness. Not just a righteousness, but his righteousness is a part of that life. In Romans 6.13, Paul says, Neither yield your members in, as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. If we live our lives to be simplified and streamlined, then we can no longer arrive at pleasing the flesh as well as God. As he talked here in this chapter, no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one or love the other and love the other, or else he will hold to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. We can't be divided in our allegiance to what we're going to stand for. It's for God. Or then we're going to be uh, having our allegiance toward the world, the things of the world. And I think there's far too many of Christians that take stabs at righteousness and holiness. Um, maybe we don't really think about what we do or what our life shows in what we do but we're not as committed to the holiness of God that we should be and it will show we have too much of a mediocre Christian life God wants us to have victory he wants us to be strong he wants us to be all that he wants us to be and he will cause us to become that person that he wants us to be in his righteousness it's a way of life it should be a way of life in our lives that we live for righteousness you know in in my shop and i'm talking a lot about shop today which is is what i do through the week but um, the shop is such right now, I have the front door propped open. We did have a bell that doesn't work now. Um, and I have it propped open, so often I can't hear people when they come in. And so I often think, you know, in regards, and it's much more important what God sees me do than what it is what people see me do. But... Uh, they can walk in and I'll never hear them and I'll be working and all of a sudden somebody says something behind me and a person is there. And so uh, 
we should live and live righteously to where we don't have to be ashamed if anybody sees us or walks up on us uh, not with us not knowing it. Then in verse 32, here he says, For after all these things do the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knoweth that, that ye have need of all these things. And I found that all these things are the things that we often worry about, think about, uh, stew over. I believe God wants to take those things and we decide that we're going to live for Christ and we seek first the kingdom of God and righteousness and then he'll take care of all these things, all the cares of life. And I believe it's pretty, it is that way. I believe if we live in his righteousness and we seek first the kingdom of God and everything that we do you know, I sometimes think people take time from your life or ministry, and that could be any of you in ministry. Um, it takes time, doesn't it? And sometimes you feel like you should be doing maybe a project or a work for somebody, and ministering takes time away from you. I have people that sit and talk, and I enjoy it. They're Christians, and we have fellowship together, but it takes time. And yet, I believe that God will somehow fill in the gap, so to speak, where we feel like we maybe not be getting done what we should, things go better. If you take time for God, it will still get done. Uh, these cares of life, I think we're far too deep in it sometimes of just stewing over life and how we're going to make things. And part of it is our own fault. You know, we borrow money, we, we um, try to create a business, a thing, uh, a workplace, whatever it is we work for. Uh, we work hard for it. And sometimes we become too busy. And I guess as we get older, at least I think about it more. I've recently thought about my grandfather, my dad, other people that I know. They work hard, hard, hard all their life and they build up this place where they stay and they uh, enjoy life and then all of a sudden they're gone. My dad and mom are gone. My grandparents are gone. They all live their life and we all do the same thing. We live our life. We build a place just to we're going to leave sometime. We're not going to be here. And so, uh, how much effort should we do it? God sees to our needs. And it is a big difference between our needs and our wants. 
and even I want some things. I don't need them. But your Heavenly Father will take care of all these things if we only, first of all, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Then he will take care of those. So rather than expanding all my energy or for you to expand all your energy, trying to fill all these needs uh, by pursuing them, make the kingdom of God a priority. And I guess that's where I think our mind might become a little bit more uncluttered is when we don't worry about the things of life, but think about serving God, first of all, and not being stretched in ten different ways. And God will fill in the rest. We can't have a divided loyalty with our abilities, with our priorities. The Word of God here offers us a guarantee in the form of God's promises here of all the things he takes care of, the fowls of the air, uh, the lilies of the field. He takes care of those, and they're clothed, and they are beautiful. Uh, sometimes I'm a, I look out across flowers and things that Marion has in her uh, flower places, and they're beautiful. Uh, God does it. And so he will add these things to it, just like he does for the other things. I think it's more something that we think we have to do, and we don't. God can do it. And we, need, we can depend on him to do that if we just seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. So I'd like to challenge us in that area of our life that we simply just yield our life to him, seek his kingdom, allow him to fill in the rest. May God bless you. Can I have a song, please? <laughs>